Hello folks, and uh, after six months of you probably uh, thinking, have we fallen off the perch, uh, we're back to do another couple of episodes, um, <clears throat> simply because uh, the intent of this was to encourage you to have conversations and to think and pray around areas of you know your own faith formation and uh, what it is to be a missional community, and we don't want to kind of muster up content um, and muscle in people and try and work out what's the best thing to do. But we're just waiting to see, you know, what the Lord brings to our attention in regard to who has stories and who has experience and who has gifts that can uh, help catalyze some things in our life and in our, our faith, faith journey and community. So um, it's taken me six months to have that inspiration or to be led in that direction. It happened for me when I recently met up with an old friend. Well, he's a friend. He's not old himself, although middle-aged, a middle-aged friend, ship. I don't know. Anyway, so we were, we were meeting up um, at a cafe down at Oakton and uh, we'd only really just started to get into some meaty things and uh, the cafe wanted to close its doors and turn its lights off. And so we said we were sitting outside and it was obviously much less cool and frigid than it is right now. Um, but uh, nice balmy evening. What, what would happen if we sat outside in the dark? And uh, they didn't seem to have a problem with it. They weren't packing away the chairs. So uh, we sat out in the dark for a little while. Would have been awkward if people had walked past and seen us there, but um, what ensued was a, a really um, fascinating conversation, which led me to, to think to myself, you know, this, the reflections that this guy's having and the experience and the work that this guy does uh, would have um, some bearing into uh, our story and our journey as well. And so some of you guys uh, already know this man, and uh, like I said, he's an old friend, and uh, it's Bruce Holm. I kind of built that up as if it was going to be so like his. Is that all? It's, you know. Anyway, so um, I've got Bruce in the uh, the tin box today, and um, I just wanted him to kind of share some of the reflections that we had then, but also that we've had since. And uh, what I'm going to do for those people who don't know Bruce, um, I'll, I'll do a very brief interaction, but ask him to share some of his story and, and the, the significant things that have happened to help him be who he is sitting where he is today. So. Bruce, um, I knew him from uh, mainly uh, the work that we used to do at the Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. And um, since then, uh, he's now finds himself lecturing and, and uh, working in the Tabor College. I was going to say institution, that sounds negative, doesn't it? But that's that's where he is. That's very, very brief. But uh, thanks, Bruce, for Pleasure. finding yourself sitting in my, um, what, what he terms, a comfortable tub chair. And uh, I, I guess just so that people get a chance to know uh, who you are and where you're from and what you're about. Um, let's start from the beginning. Once you left hospital, <laughs> yeah. um, where were you born, bred, buttered, and and mainly shaped? Yeah, country New South Wales farm boy. Right. Uh, youngest of four boys in a family, so um, got a bit of the land ingrained into me. Still, still ingrained into me, even though I've been living in the city for many years now. But. Mm. Um, uh, so that was that's that's the first thing to say. It was pretty um, foundational for um, my own shaping and, and love the land, love the country. Did you ever think about continuing that life on the in the country? Like <clears throat> uh, it got squashed out of me because I remember as a kid, uh, um, my dad saying to me, "Oh, you've got fair skin and you get sunburnt, so I don't think you'll be a farmer." Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's that's not going in a motivation book anytime soon, is that's, it? That's, well, like, you know, might be embellished as, as stories from your childhood. Again, <laughs> that's but that's what you the, remember. That's sort of the takeaway message I had. Yeah, so uh, that's your story. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I did go, I did go and work on the farm for a year after schooling, but um, but ended up 
coming to um, to study in Adelaide, doing a math science degree, and going on from from there. But if you if you're interested in the, in the things that that shaped me, um, probably when I usually tell people this, um, it, it's uh, negative experiences that have shaped me. So um, the f the first real big one was Dad dying when I was uh, you know thirteen. Oh. Right. You know, so dad dying of cancer at 13 <clears throat> um, and and the you know that, that early encounter um, with the reality that life is not as you think it should be kind yeah. of thing and yeah. that, um, and grappling uh, at my own um, time uh, in early teenage years with with God and who was God and where was God in this and yeah uh, it's, it's, it's fair to assume I'm assuming anyway you know brought up in a loving Christian home. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I wouldn't say um, a, a passionate, on-fire kind of uh, um, family that, um, you know, was dead set in the, in the going to church absolutely every week or yeah. come hell or hell water, but we'll come heaven or hell water, that's probably not a good, good saying, but, um, you know, yeah, certainly an affirming, safe, safe and positive environment. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, but but still, you know, God was the the man in the sky with the grey beard kind of okay. um, sort of figure for me. So so that was a real catalyst for my own kickstarting my own faith journey. And I think uh, there was not really a decision to become a Christian. It was a realization that I was one. Uh, in, the, in that process, in, the, in that process, yeah, yeah. it was it was a, a gradual dawning of oh, I think I'm following Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How did your father die? Just out of yeah, yeah. He had like liver suddenly? cancer. Yeah. Oh no, he had a two-year remission. So okay, he, yeah. um, <clears throat> so he was, you know, crook. And they. This is back in the early eighties. They didn't have liver transplants or anything. He had cancer in the liver, which is not terribly positive. Flew to America. By the time they got there to try and have a liver transplant, uh, it was too late. So. Oh, right, but okay. you know, have had a long period of remission then. Yeah. 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 Okay. So so coming out of that time of you know realizing you were following Jesus. What what took place then in regard to your future and your present and how it had, had how it had bearing on what was pre existing before that and what you're in now? Um, gee, you ask the easy questions, don't you? Yeah, that's <laughs> you should wait, wait five minutes. Um, oh, look, I, su I suppose in terms of my my own um, journey unfolding, uh, yeah, the, the the context for my faith. Um, formation really was uh, going to a Lutheran school but but particularly through that uh, going on camps and the community that I've and camp experiences and the right. way that my, my faith got shaped through that so that's that's what really set me on a path of trying to to walk forward in it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, not that I felt particularly a committed Lutheran or a committed uniting church person which was the original context that I came from yeah. or anything just just trying to follow and find out what it meant and when I came to to study in Adelaide Uni and living at the Lutheran Sem, but certainly had um, a bunch of a bunch of friends that we kicked around with, just trying to explore as much of that faith journey as we could. Um, so you you did when you did come to Adelaide, you had intended to study math science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did did the uh, math science degree, um, and would have with would a view have, to do what? Well, with a view to become a teacher. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. right. So like that high school teacher in those high school teacher. Yep. That's right. But um, quickly realised I wasn't enjoying it a whole lot. But the words of my mum echoing over me. Don't get halfway in a degree and realise you don't want to do it. So I just pushed through is it. Is that a nugget, another negative experience? <laughs> well, it, it is funny, but it taught me a bit about perseverance. But you know, yeah, um, you know. So so out of that, 
look, coming towards the end of the degree thinking, what on earth am I, I going to do? Uh, and then this opportunity for, for getting involved in ministry came up through Cross Knows No Distance um, as a ministry of the Lutheran Church of South Australia and went on a team to Darwin for three weeks and then a full year um, uh, Highway 1 team, it was called yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, and that's and Sonia was on that team, and of course there was no relationships on that team, so Sonia and I didn't have a relationship, just <laughs> a record, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> yeah. it is on record. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we, we, um, we uh, became engaged the year after that and, okay. and, and married in, in 95, so... So for the sake of those people that know the Woodkeys, you're a contemporary of those guys. I'm a contemporary, yes. Went through school with you've, Robin. You've influenced those guys, well, so they are the people who they are today because of you. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but I suppose that that you know that journey beginning with Sonia, and we ended up. Um, uh, I worked at Warren Bowie uh, Retreat Centre yes. for a year. Is that where you'd actually done some year camping during your? <clears throat> yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. so I sort yeah. of went, went back there. <clears throat> Then after we were married, I got invited to go and be a lay worker uh, at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Woden in Canberra. So that was right. that was really where I sort of cut my teeth, and uh, in terms of um, grinding out ministry, and that was where I really encountered the second um, major faith forming experience was uh, probably about four and a half years of unexplained infertility and then early pregnancy loss. So we had four yeah. miscarriages over that period. I had Jemima in the middle of those. Um, this but is where you're talking about the, neg- the negative things. Yeah, the yeah, show. yeah. The, 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 difficult, um, the difficult stuff that, that came out of that. So Even that, to a large degree, has shaped a lot of the, your theology potentially. Absolutely. That we're going we're we're to talk about yeah, in the, yeah, in the yeah, ensuing yeah. episodes. But yeah, significant stuff there in regard to suffering and... That's right. Mind. That's right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then just to sort of, just to give you the the sweep, um, probably the the third biggest one was then later years after we'd moved to, to Adelaide. The negative. Um, yeah, it was was encounters with Sonia's postnatal depression and, yeah. and trying to work out that whole like living with in a mental illness context and and yeah. trying to 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 go through that journey. So um, there's ups and downs along the way, but. Um, you know, it wasn't. It hasn't been for me, funnily enough, so much the the mountaintop experience with God and the and the great revelations. But it's actually through been through the, uh, the the difficulty and 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 the struggle and the experience of human weakness and brokenness, um, that have probably shaped me as much as anything. I'd say yeah um, to where I'm at today. So, so yeah. So it's a fair comment to say that 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 shapes that has shaped a lot of my theology and. Um, and how I, you know, try to express my faith and experience my faith as it is today. Yeah. It's interesting because I was, I was only reflecting with Taya the other day that <clears throat> our community has more than just a smattering of people who are running into some challenges and difficulties and, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, unsolicited suffering, so to speak. So, mm. um, and, and, and if we kind of have a, have a way of thinking about God that doesn't include that, then we either have to deny or do something to harmonise that with our yeah. belief system. And uh, and therein lies, I think, the blessing because, you know, life life has that. And so you know, we can talk more about this later, but it's interesting that you kind of talk about the shaping of your own faith in regard to that. Mm. And we, you know, there's there's many of us who are facing some yeah. some challenges. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, yeah. they, they, they are, <clears throat> you know, the health, a lot of them are health-related mm. um, 
So yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be encouraging to hear what you say as we progress in all of that too. I mean, I want to balance it and say it's not a woe is me story, story <laughs> yeah. at all. You know, I, like thought, I thought your third most negative experience was meeting me, but yeah, well, that was getting number five. <laughs> yeah, but, anyway, but you know, like certainly, I've, 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 I've uh, very blessed, in, in, yeah, yeah. and you know, now we have five kids, so yeah, yeah. so that whole infertility and early pregnancy loss has has has, um, has changed for us. But I recognise it doesn't for all people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so very, very blessed in that in that way that um, <clears throat> for now, uh, and this is the thing with suffering, it's always easy to, the, the way we often approach it is we compare ourselves to the next person. Yeah. So I thought, what nearly slipped out of my lips was, um, but I haven't gotten as bad as other people, which is, which yeah. is kind of, <laughs> it's not the whole point of telling that, that journey. But you know, in that, I do recognise that, um, you know, there's been many... Uh, rich and deep and wonderful experiences in my journey as well that have that have contributed in a positive sense or an enjoyable yeah, <laughs> sense yeah. to my own journey with God as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can choose which one of these questions you answer first or at all. Um, one is, how would you describe your relationship with God now? <clears throat> um, and the other one is probably a little bit more straightforward and you know, just describe for us or introduce what it is that you do with your, most of your time. Apart from sleeping, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if for those people who are inferring that have you know inferred from what I've just said that he sleeps a lot, it's just that most of our time is to sleep. Yeah, anyway, yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Let Let me answer the second one first. Um. So, I, I, I we might talk about this a bit later, but I, um, for a number of years, I've been really blessed by a ministry called Spiritual Direction. Um, and I, I've been meeting with a spiritual director for probably, um, a good, good 10 years, but, yeah. um, I'm on a different director now than when I started, but the first one I started with, uh, was in a great time of kind of transition. Um, for me, I'd been working in a church here at Paravista and started to look at working in academic setting. And I had three years of really, um, deep unsettledness. I call it it's sort of my version of my midlife crisis. <laughs> there was no Ferrari or, um, you know, ponytail or anything. Not that I could grow a yeah, ponytail yeah, with my yeah. hair. Uh, but in that, we, through, through a number of process, uh, through a number of meetings with him in the process of discernment, we came up with four things in my life I'm about. This is aside from being a father, being a husband, etc. Uh, and, and they are um, teaching, uh, writing or researching, writing, uh, leading spiritual retreats uh, and spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. So, so the short answer is, um, in terms of my own vocational ministry outside, you know, my, my family, it's shaped more more or less by those things. So the uh, the teaching, uh, you know, I work at as a lecturer full time at Tabor mm -hmm. uh, College of Higher Education uh, in the areas of uh, practical theology. Uh, formation, spirituality, pastoral care, supervised mm -hmm. field education, um, a thing called theological reflection. Uh, and also I teach um, in into the spirit, graduate diploma in spiritual direction program that we've got there. Mm -hmm. So that's that main thing. Uh, doing a PhD at the moment, so that's my writing and, and researching, and that's around faith formation and reflection. Funny you should say that. We'll be talking about that later. <laughs> and how to teach that. Uh, retreat leading has been a little bit quieter um, in the last year or two, but I've been mainly involved just ticking along, uh, often working with staff in Christian schools, leading right. retreats. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and I practice as a spiritual director. So I have, at the moment, I reckon I can manage about three directees. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's that's how I how I spend most of my time. In terms of my own walk with God, um, you know, if you say like now, as in this season Very of my life, odd. or you know, like today, um, uh, companionship yeah. is the best way I describe it. A walking with. Um, at the moment, I don't have a deep sense of intimacy, mm-hmm. um, particularly, uh, and um, for good or for ill, I've, I've sort of not been, I've come to not be deeply spooked, upset spooked and by spooked, that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it comes and it ebbs and flows. It's just interesting you say that because I've, I've been reflecting and, and it's taken my attention enough that I keep, you know, I've thought about it for the last week or so, but there's a verse in... Oh, 1 John chapter 3 that says something like you know even when you feel guilty God is above your feelings and yes. knows your heart yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, I, thought, yeah. I actually take a great deal it says a lot mm, about who God mm, is mm. And, and and the way my feelings impinge upon what is true or not yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. yeah so I mean that's very uh, commensurate with my own um, <clears throat> my own spirituality which is shaped by what I term a contemplative worldview mm-hmm. which Explain explain that for. Okay, so a, a contemplative worldview would would take. I mean, we we hear the word contemplation, and we think, um, oh, get, get out some candles, get out some, you know, and uh, sit in silence and whatever. That might be a contemplative practice. Right. Okay. Right. But a but a contemplative worldview, or contemplative theology, or a contemplative um, paradigm perspective, seeks to to really take seriously this notion that God is actually present. Yeah. And God is actually in a relationship with me. Yeah. Um, so there is there is no there is no gap in a sense. It's just that I'm not attentive or mm-hmm. I'm asleep mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not attuned to it. I like the way you say there is no gap as if to say like I'm a borrowing prayers, I'm a borrowing Didn't do it gap. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. He's so there. that that's um, and for me, uh, the best way to describe it is, um, you know, I had a shift a number of years ago from what I'd call a pie model of living. So if I've got wedges in a pie, mm-hmm. you know, I've got family, I've got my own you know, physical health, I've got my work, I've got my sport, recreation, and I've got my God wedge, mm-hmm. you know. So a lot of my life is spent trying to get the God wedge bigger. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. You know, and which equals, you know, did I have my quiet time? Did I, you yeah, know, or, yeah. or am I being, you know... Am I praying or am I? Whatever. Am I feeling it? Yeah, yeah, and that, that sense, and so that's that's a hopeless kind of guilt yeah. um, cycle, Big, or, or or it's a it's a it's a um a pride or fear cycle. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're doing well, yeah, you feel yeah, proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're not doing great, you feel rubbish, fearful, rubbish. or hopeless. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think that came out of a rich time when I was working at Warren Bowie, where I actually did have a it's a huge time of growth because I had so much time. Yeah. In one sense, I was like an hour, an hour and a half every morning, just in reading and praying, whatever. Mm. Fast forward to me with um, full time work, study, five kids, and these are all things I feel like God had called me to, and but I I couldn't get it back. So in my mind, I was going, I can't. I can't get back there. I've got to try. Yeah. Can't, I've got to get up earlier. I can't, I can't emulate to, the mountain. You know I mean? Yeah. So working with my spiritual director, you know, it was like I've got this internal yardstick that I keep whipping myself with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The shift to the contemplative worldview is go. You know, I'm trying to traverse a gap that isn't there. 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm. That's so right. what? What would it mean in in the cut and thrust of all of my life? Yeah. To be just attentive, yeah. just to notice. Um, and for that to be a key nurturing from a spirituality. It doesn't mean that reading scripture isn't important or praying is inverted commas like having a time by myself. But, you know, I actually had to readjust that I'm not that 25-year-old sitting at Warren View in a room by myself. Yeah. I'm, I've got a family. And so how am I going to attune myself? Well, that was a contemplative shift for me. Yeah. So the contemplative shift was from the pie model to what I'd say a wheel model. So there's still, if you've got spokes that are coming out and they different compartments or dimensions of my life, but God is the hub and God flowing and infusing every every part of that and everything hangs on the presence of yeah. God, which is already there. Is, is, actually, is actually a reality. That is actual reality. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not always very attuned to it. So that's, so that's, that changed my whole um, notion. We might talk about spiritual practices if you want, but... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, I think, um, you know, we... Uh, we're knocking on the door of our uh, time limit, and I think that's a great way to kind of finish this first introductory episode, so to speak, and get into some um, <clears throat> some deeper thoughts in around these things. Yep. Um, but I, I certainly do appreciate that contemplative disposition. Is that a way mm-hmm. to describe yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and also defining that it's not a um, it's not a practice. It's it's a way of being. Practices can come out of it, yeah, but yeah. but fundamentally, it's a it's a worldview shift for me. Yeah, yeah. you don't you don't have to hum monotone sitting in a dark room. You can if you want. Oh, we yeah, can okay. get into that if you want. I but. do. <laughs> That's just natural. All right. Well, thanks, Bruce. Um, um, giving us a bit of an introduction. There's so much more to hear about who you are and whatever. But uh, we're going to start in the next episodes in the f- next few episodes. Um, just asking a few questions around the faith formation and yep. and uh, what it is to be missional. Um, and serve out of who we are in Christ.